Hi, this is Al Jensen, and welcome to Podcast for Seniors. This week we're going to be reading Chapter 3 of the book Scouting for the Mormons on the Great Frontier by Sidney Hanks. Again, it's a book of my great-grandfather and about his escapades during the time of the Mormon colonization here in Utah. So Chapter 3, Three Canal Ruffians. Eve met Bill Reed in town according to plan as soon as they reached the Erie Canal, where Bill was employed. In those days, horse-drawn boats carried the freight through the canal. Eve's new job was to drive the horse along the bank while Bill handled the rudder which controlled the boat. It was customary for the boat going downstream to have the rope slackened to allow the horses that were drawing the upstream boat to walk over the line. This made it possible for both boats to keep moving all the time. The men soon noticed that Eve was only a boy, and some of them failed to extend him the usual courtesy. In attempting to maintain his rights, he tangled with one of these boats going downstream, sending the other man's horse sprawling into the canal. Get a hold there, yelled the other man, whose name was Joe. Bill and Eve were already working to help him get the horse out of the water. As the wet animal lurched and struggled up the bank, Joe turned on Eve, clenched his fist, and growled, I'll box your ears for you. Hey, struck him, Bill. You lay off this boy. They started to fight. Both would have fallen into the water if Eve had not caught Bill by one leg and pulled him back. This clash was the beginning of trouble with Joe and his two pals looking for an opportunity to even the score. They threatened to string Eve and Bill up to the rafters the first time they met at the delivery station. It was not long until the five of them met again and the three ruffians set about to make their promise good. They had succeeded in getting a rope around Bill's neck when Eve picked up a two-tine pitchfork and pinned one of them to the wall, one tine on either side of his neck. He administered a well-aimed kick or two in the shins and then released the man, giving him a swift jab with the pitchfork as he disappeared around the corner. Eve then turned to one of the other men and gave him the same medicine. The third was still struggling with Bill when he too received a sharp jab in the seat of the trousers. The three of them must have eaten their next few meals in a standing position. After this incident, all the men on the canal became very friendly towards Eve and Bill. They handled loads of freight and worked hard until the lake froze over that fall. The last time the five men met, Joe stuck his hand out and shook Bill's and Eve's hand heartily. To Eve he said, You sure made a good young feller. Thanks, Eve returned briefly but he was very much pleased and told Bill later that he liked the work and was sorry that it was finished for the season. However, being of a roaming restless disposition, Ephraim K. Hanks was already looking forward to the next adventure. In Boston, where they had gone to look for work, E.K. Hanks and Bill Reed met a recruiting officer for the United States Navy. He painted for them a glowing picture of the many parts of the world they would see and of the fine education and good wages they would receive. Eager for this new adventure, the two boys set sail on the USS Columbus in the latter part of October 1846. At first they thought they were being employed on a freight boat, but soon they awoke to the realization that they were in the real Navy, and for a three-year stretch, obedience must be rendered to superior officers. Bill, being a little reluctant at first to obey their commands, one morning displayed stripes on his back from the cat-o'-nine-tails. Later, Ephraim said that the sailing seemed to be made to order for him. He loved it. Often he would help in the ship's blacksmith shop, 
but his main job was learning to be a sailor. He had to patch all their clothes and do all their own sewing. This seemed to Eve a sissy job, but when he was told to mend his outfit, he had no other thought than to do as he was told. One day Eve was sitting on the deck, mending the sack in which he carried his clothes. Three lads slightly older than himself sauntered near and leaned against the rail. One of them gave Eve's thread a jerk, sending the spool rolling across the deck and laughed. Look at it go. Another stepped on Eve's hand when he reached for the thread. The third snatched off Eve's cap and sent it spinning along the deck. When it came to rest against the coil of rope, the three started to use it for a spittoon. This made Eve so angry that he grabbed the belaying pin from the deck and struck one of the boys on the side of the head. The other two started to jump on him, but he caught one of them with his weapon and sent him sprawling down the hatchway. He grappled with the third, and they both went rolling down the hatch together. Some husky blows were struck, but the fighters gathered themselves together when they met a stern orderly at the bottom of the stairs. The next day at the investigation, the officer in charge said, You're all right, lad. Those bullies got what they were coming, coming to them. After that, things were pretty calm as far as personal trouble was concerned. Every time Eve was on the upper deck, the longing to catch a shark fired his imagination to a flame pitch. The big blue fellows were following the ship, often for days at a time. The story always ran around that when sharks followed so persistently, they were waiting for a sick sailor to die and be lowered into the sea. It was said that the sharks could sense approaching death. One day, Sailor Hanks asked the captain if he might try his luck at catching a shark. The captain laughingly replied, Go ahead if you feel lucky. Permission to go ahead electrified Eve into action. He went below deck and made a strong hook, similar to, but larger than the ones used nowadays for shark catching. Then he tried a strong rope to it, put on a piece of pork for bait, arranged a block and tackle, and lowered it overboard. One of the big, greedy fellows lost no time in swallowing, not only the pork and hook, but it seemed to the young sailor practically the whole boat. The members of the crew became so excited that some of them almost jumped overboard, which with much difficulty the shark was finally hoisted out of the water and dumped on the deck, still very much alive. His strong tail lashing this way and that he's wickedly slapping the deck had the sailors believing that their ship would be dashed to pieces. That was enough shark excitement for the rest of the voyage. No more fishing for sharks was allowed, as the captain was afraid another might be caught. The USS Columbus visited many ports in Italy. Eve and some of his mates went ashore to take in the sights. Stopping at a fruit market, Eve took a dollar from his pocket to buy some grapes. He wanted a double handful and made a motion to that effect. He was given all he could carry in both hands. Then, to his amazement, the fruit vendor stared to do count-out change for him, a whole handful of what looked like coppers. He laid aside the grapes for a moment, took this handful of money, and feeling generous, threw it among a group of children and bystanders. They dove for it like a bunch of starred ducks after wheat, pushing and squirming until every coin was retrieved. On one of Eve's voyages, during a heavy storm, he and two of his companions were thrown from the fore royal yard into the rigging below. One of his mates was instantly killed and the other fell overboard, the big blue sharks eating the body. Ifu seemed to have been a born athlete, grabbed a dangling rope, and amid shouts and cheers from the companions below, slid to the trembling foretop where he waited for further orders. This marvelous escape from death made him the hero of the crew. 
and from that time on, Eve enjoyed the best that the ship could afford. It had been almost three years since the enlistment of many of his crew members, including Ephraim Hanks in Boston and the USS Columbus, charted its course towards a home port. A day or two before the ship docked at New York, he found, him still, still, he found himself still undecided as to whether he should return to his old home or re-enlist in the Navy. Then an unusual thing happened. A strange man, dressed in a gray tweed, came down to where the sailors were working at the pumps. He seemed to be particularly interested in Eve, and though he did not talk to him at any great length, he influenced the young sailor to return home. He was seen to speak to no one else. When the ship docked at New York, Eve made sure that his trunk had been transferred to the boat going to Boston. Then he tried to persuade the man in the gray tweed coat to go ashore with him, but the man declined, saying that he would wash the trunk until Eve returned. With several of his shipmates, Hanks went ashore and had fun, purchased a few knickknacks for a stranger, and returned to the ship just before the gangplank was pulled. From the pier, the sailors saw the stranger sitting on the trunk just as they had left him, and they saw him still sitting there as they were aboard, but when Eve reached out his trunk, the man was gone. Although <clears throat> he searched everywhere, asking all the officers and others who had remained on the ship, Eve could not locate him. Many remembered seeing him sitting quietly on the trunk, but no one had seen him leave the ship, and no one had seen him to jump overboard. The stranger was gone, but not to the influence and power that he left over Ephraim, which remained a great factor for good throughout his life. It was not until after he joined the church that he came to believe that it was possible that the stranger might have been one of the three Nephites who had appeared to turn his wandering footsteps home to the mission awaiting him. That wraps up chapter 3, and I included chapter 4. So next week we'll be into chapter 5 and chapter 6, and hopefully we'll continue to move ahead on this thing. So, as again, thanks for listening to Podcast for Seniors. And this is Al Jensen signing off. <laughs>